Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Continue living, struggling, and uh, uh, working harder, but we ought to work smarter. Somebody lift up their hand and say, I'm going to work smarter. Yes. And the reason I said that is because there are certain things that God wants us to do in our life, things like prayer, right? I mean, if you get into that, and uh, it takes time to press in. I'm not talking about these little, uh, little prayers I used to pray when I grew up. I was growing up, you know, these fast, Lord bless this food, you know, uh, thank you, I let it be nourishment to my body, and that's, that was the extent of my prayers, but I didn't realize the power of prayer. So every noontime, uh, because there's a great, uh, a great change coming over God's work, somebody, a big change coming over God's work, coming over your life and coming over, uh, there's two ministries, but one ministry really, so we're expecting uh, great growth because God is the God of increase. I mean, we have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. I have a responsibility, but it's God that gives the increase. So he expects you to uh, fulfill your responsibility, and if you do that, then there's going to be an increase in your life. So you want increase, right? Personal increase, family increase, increase in finances. You want everything to change. Well, only God can do that. And uh, otherwise, you're going to be struggling. So uh, uh, we have prayer at noontime, and we've, we've had that, but... Uh, some of you would like to, uh, you say, well, I'm going to take uh, a break uh, from my eating, right? All that chewing and eating, chewing and eating. So, uh, you're gonna, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go to church and pray uh, for about uh, an hour and then go back to my work. Well, you're welcome. Things will start happening in your life. So we're praying for you, whether you realize it or not. We're praying for your family. And we're praying for uh, uh, this county because this county is going to be the best in the United States. Right? It is. Let's give the Lord a great praise praise for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's wonderful when believers are in, are in position. So we have Jonathan there with about four others. And I think they're all Christians. So that's great. We're going to have uh, a great county, great city, uh, and all these little things. Even Jal is going to be blessed. And Eunice, right? And Totem, New Mexico, right? I heard that. He said, Totem, New Mexico. When I first heard that, I said, what in the world are they talking about, Totem? Well, it's Tatum. So uh, that's going to be really blessed. And everything in between. Somebody say, and everything in between. That's right. So this is about to go to another level of prosperity and blessings. And I'll show you how that can come, uh, come to pass. But also, uh, we had a great retreat uh, uh, these retreats are great. Men go, uh, we have retreats for men. They, don't, they can't all go at the same time, but we have three a year. And then ladies have two. The next uh, retreat for the ladies is uh, August. But I want to say that, uh, once again, you got to work smarter, not harder. Remember in Joshua 1.8, God told this man that was to fill some great shoes, stepped in some great shoes, uh, shoes of Moses. Uh, God told him in uh, verse 8, he said, The book of this law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, somebody say, for then. For then, uh, you shall make your way prosperous, 
and then thou shalt have good success. Then, uh, and I'm going to say only then, will you begin to prosper uh, and make your way uh, uh, and, and have great success. Make your way prosperous and have great success. Somebody say great success. So, you know, some, some people I've heard uh, uh, say, well, I can't take a day off, you know, I'm going to lose money. No, you got to work smarter, not harder. God can do in 15 minutes, in one moment, what you couldn't do in 15 lifetimes. So there are things in your life that you could never resolve, never, ever. Not in this life, two lives, five lives, 15 lives. But God will do it for you if you'll just hear from him. So uh, when uh, these retreats are, are life changers, you know, we started doing them a little different about three or four years ago. And brother, I'm telling you, it's changed the lives of these men uh, and women too. It's been powerful. So, uh, uh, and if you run your own business, ask yourself, can I go? He said, yeah, you can go. You know, ask yourself. So uh, uh, God is, uh, he told me there'd be an explosion of businesses here. So there'll be a lot of business people in, in both ministries. So if you have a business, ask yourself, can I go? Yeah, you can go, right? And then some people say, they won't let me go. Well, it just shows how much confidence you have in favor, right? That's it. So you've got uh, to believe that you have favor and, uh, and say, I've got to go to a retreat. He said, go. You're such a great worker. Go, and you're going to come back, and I know you're going to be a, an asset to this business. Praise the Lord. So that's very, very important. So this morning, I'd like to share and give you a little review and then uh, continue on this. And it's probably the most important subject in the Bible because we're talking about the life of God. Somebody say the life of God. And then connected with the life of God is Zoe. And those are two Greek words. Zoe means the life of God, and agape means the love of God, right? Now, when we talk about the love of God, uh, most of the emphasis among Christians is, is this. Look, does God love me? Well, you need to get over that because that's a given. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When you wake up in the morning and you see the sun, or maybe you're breathing, you're going, oh, man, you know God loves you. Right? That's it. So every day you know God loves you. But that's not really uh, the, the problem here. The problem is your love for God. You see, how much do you love God? So everybody knows that God loves us. And then some people say, well, I have a hard time forgiving people. Well, don't worry about uh, forgiving people yet or loving your neighbor because when you love God, uh, loving others is a result of you loving God. Does everybody understand that? So all the emphasis in Christians is, well, tell everybody, tell, I lo God loves you, you know. Well, uh, uh, we know that. And we also know that uh, uh, you ought to love your neighbor. But uh, the greatest, uh, the number one, somebody say number one, and the greatest commandment is that you love God. Now, if you can grasp that and begin to move in your love for God, I want to tell you that your life is going to be transformed, you see, because there's an anointing. You see, when we talk about anointing, we talk about God's hand on your life, right? So uh, there is a lover's anointing that comes on you when you begin to love God. And, and the problem with most people, it was my problem, it's, I know it's everybody's problem, 
uh, is that we don't love God, uh, but we're thinking of other things. No, this, this is the, the, the first and greatest commandment. Does everybody understand that? First and greatest. You get a hold of that, and then you're going you're to run. And you're not going to struggle in life, and you're not going to live a life of stress. Stress is a killer. It'll kill you, right? Uh, a lot of people are killing themselves with stress, worried about all kinds. Of, you don't have to worry if you love God. And God will never let you fail. Hello? God will never let you fail if you're one of his lovers. He'll never let you fail. Never. Never. Love never fails. So this morning, uh, look at uh, Matthew chapter uh, 22, verse 37, uh, 38, and 39. Uh, this is very, very powerful. Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus said this, and he said, You shall love the Lord thy God with how? With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. In other words, Jesus, uh, by using those three things, he's referring to the inward man. He said, with all your heart. See, that includes all your inward man. And then he says, your soul. He's, he's getting it, narrowing it down. And then if you don't understand soul, he says, with all your mind, even with all your thoughts. You ought to love thy Lord, thy God. Can you say amen? And then he said, this is the first. Now, for Jesus to say that, it's the first. Well, it's the first. It's top priority. Right? You ought to love the Lord your God with, uh, with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first thing, great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So, uh, listen, it's not going to happen. That verse uh, 39, you shall love thy neighbor, that's not going to happen. Because there's things that God has told even man to do. He says, love your wife. As Christ loved the church. What? Love the, the, your wife as Christ loved the church? Yeah, if you're going to get married, or if you're married, uh, you got to love your wife like Christ loved the church. You see, not just your love, love that you invented or thought of, or a tradition, you know, I'm going to love my wife this way, I love her. No, as Christ loved the church. Well, that's not going to happen unless you love God. Does everybody understand that? There's no way. How in the world are you going to love your wife like Christ loved the church? How are you going to do that? How? Because until you fall in love with God and that anointing comes on you, can everybody say amen? Now, in John chapter 1, now I'm going to tie all this together real quickly. John uh, chapter 1 verse 4, he says, uh, in him was life, talking about Jesus. In the life was the light of man, and we can insert this. In the life was the development of man, uh, of man. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Does everybody understand that? Now for, for you to understand that scripture, let's insert the Greek word zoe. In him was zoe, and zoe was the light of man. Everybody get that? Okay, in John 5, uh, 5, 26, John 5, 26, he says, For as the Father has Zoe in himself, you see, if we insert Zoe, you'll understand these scriptures. For as the Father has Zoe in himself, so has he given Zoe to have life in himself. Did everybody get that? 
Verse 24, Verily, very, I uh, say unto you, uh, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting Zoe, and he shall not come unto condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now in John 10.10, 10, uh, he says, uh, The thief cometh not but to kill, or to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have Zoe, and have Zoe in abundance. Did everybody get that? So this is the purpose of Jesus coming. Somebody say, this is the purpose of Jesus coming. The purpose is that he might impart the nature of God. That's it. That's why he came. You see, he didn't come to start a religion or uh, give you a little book of rules. No, he came, and his only purpose was to impart the zoe, the nature of the Father that was given to the Son, and now he came to impart that nature, and when a man is truly born again, I'm not talking about being religious, just going to church. I'm talking when you're really born again and make Jesus Lord of your life, that nature is imparted to you, and you become born again, you become a new creation. Does everybody understand that? Now, the difference in this life is this. John 1, 4. He says, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. So the difference in this life even... Uh, between, in, in, uh, between Christians is that you walk in the light. You got to walk in the light of that life. Not just getting saved and say, my life hasn't changed. Listen, I don't know what's going on. Something wrong with God up there. No, it's not, it's not God, it's you. So you got to walk in the light of that life. Does everybody understand that? So uh, that's our responsibility to walk in that and develop uh, uh, develop that light in us. And once we develop, we're going to have uh, a success. Can you say amen? Now, I want you to receive this. Uh, there's a lot of scriptures this morning, different things, but we're going to try to get everything done in 20, 25 minutes. Listen to me because this is a life changer for you. And I believe and I declare before the month of July is up, your life is going to change. Come on, if you believe that, let's give the Lord a great praise offering. It's going it's to change on you. It is. You can't, you can't continue to live like that. You've got to go to the next level. There's different phases in this life. So listen to me real carefully. Every child of God, listen to me now. Every child of God has been redeemed, uh, redeemed to be a success. Did you get that? Every child of God has been saved, redeemed for him to be a success. Jesus called us the salt of the earth. He said, you are the light of the world, right? So light means success. It has to be because it opens up for you. He says, uh, uh, you're the salt and light of this world. So God has called us to glory, not to shame. Everybody understand that? To, fail, uh, to succeed and not to fail. God didn't call you to fail. No. Or to live a failure's life. And let me say this and, uh, uh, once again. Success is not an ambition. It is a birthright. Did you get that? It's not an ambition. You say, oh, he's so ambitious. No, it's a birthright. We want success because it's our birthright. Can you say amen? But that success, listen to me now, that success is only accessible or obtainable by revelation. Did you get that? If there is no revelation, then there'll be no transformation. So more revelation, say that with me, more revelation 
more transformation. Remember Romans 12:1, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So more revelation, more light. Everybody get that? More light, more transformation. If you don't get light, you're going to stay on grade one for the rest of your life. You see? And then you'll say, well, I guess this doesn't work. It works. It works. And God has called us and redeemed us so that we could be a success in this world. Can you say amen? And uh, uh, that is not possible if you don't get revelation. That's why God told Joshua, he said, you got to meditate in this book. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that then and only then you'll make your way successful and you'll be prosperous. Can you say amen? I mean, he, he gave us a secret, right? So our success is only accessible by revelation. Now, if you look at Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, this is a prayer Paul prayed for the Ephesians church, but it's also for us. Beginning in verse 16, Ephesians 3, 16, he said that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inward man. That Christ, now uh, get a hold of this because here it is. That Christ may dwell in you and dwell in your hearts by what? By faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Here it is. And that love that uh, is the first and most important is your love for God. But a lot of people don't understand. He said, oh, yeah, i got to love my neighbor. Forget about that uh, for now. You ought to love your neighbor. But you ain't going to do that. You're not, it, that's not possible until you love God. And when you love God, you'll forgive your enemy. You'll even bless them, right? Say, so how could I bless my enemy? Man, that old so-and-so, I can't bless him. Oh, yeah, but when you love God, you'll bless him because vengeance is the Lord's. Can you say amen? That's it. And you'll know that God will take care of everything for you, Right? Come on, give the Lord a praise for me because that you be rooted and grounded, how? In love, in agape. And then he says this, then you'll be able to comprehend. See, here's revelation now. That you'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Wow, it even passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. So did everybody get this? God wants you to succeed, but that will never happen. Unless you have revelation. And then if you succeed, it's going to show. It's going to show. Uh, it's not just going to say, it's not going to be literary. Well, I love God. No, it'll show. And I'll show you how you're going to love God. So uh, uh, love is the greatest of all secrets. Somebody say love is the greatest of all secrets. That's point number one. Love is the greatest of all secrets. Why? Because it is the first. And if Jesus said as the first, nothing is before your love for God. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, he said it's the first and greatest commandment. So if that is the first and greatest commandment, wow, then that should be our focus. Can you say amen? Now at first when you start uh, wanting to love God, you know people don't love God. But you, uh, you, can, you can start this way every morning and say I love you God. 
And you know, you said that and it just came from your, your teeth out. But later on, that'll get a hold of you. You get up every morning and say, I love God. You go to bed, I love God. Throughout the day, I love God. God showed me how to love you. I'm going to love you. Love, I got, I'm going to love you. You see, that's going to grow. And one day, the lover's anointing is going to come upon your life. And then you'll start moving up. And you'll be transformed. And your whole business, your whole life is changed. Can you say amen? Praise God. So look, uh, th this is why it's the greatest. This is why it's the greatest. Uh, 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 love is the greatest secrets of success. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Wow, this is, these are powerful verses here. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, uh, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man the things that which God has prepared for everybody. Did he say that? No. He said the things which God has prepared. I has not seen, ear has not, uh, has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Not for everybody. Not for every Christian either. You've got to love God. If you want to see things that no one has ever seen, uh, and, or maybe you've never seen, and you never even imagined, he said, I could never imagine it could ever happen in my life. Uh, I've never ever, ex ever experienced, my grandfather didn't experience, my mother didn't experience, nobody ever experienced it in their life. I know my family tree, but I'm seeing it. Can you say amen? Well, it's for those that love God. You don't love God, then you'll never see it. you got to love God. Does everybody get that? So another one, Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. And now I'll say this. Look, everybody look up here. You'll receive the things that God has for you on the level of your love. If your level of love is right here, then this is what you'll arrive. You'll never go further than the love that you have for God. Did you get that? Right. Everyone is limited by his love for God. Your destiny is limited. Everything is limited. No one will go any higher than the love that he has for God. You say, well, I'm going to make some great connections with some men. Well, go ahead. You're wasting your time. You need to connect with God and love him. Can you say amen? Now, Romans 8, 28, I like this one. He says, for we know that some things, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And to them that are called according to his purpose. So you see, when you love God, the devil will throw an arrow at you. And you said, oh, they hit my car. Don't worry about it. God's going to turn around and give you money now. If you love him. Can you say amen? This thing happened in your life. God will turn it around if you love him. And he'll take you to the next level. Can you say amen? That's what the Bible says. And, and it happens. Can you say amen? Now, I don't know, uh, we don't have time for all this, and, uh, you know, I'd have to be here uh, for weeks and probably months. This is what I'm sharing in the Spanish ministry, but this, uh, this is, is powerful. Uh, you take examples like David. When uh, Saul, he went through the motions, but he didn't really love God. When you love God, you're going to obey him. And God raised up Saul and God didn't look at what he was doing. He did right, uh, some good things and right things, but it's, it wasn't what God told him. And uh, King Saul, if you read that in 1 Samuel, 
he just wouldn't obey God. So God said, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, I have another man. Uh, he's not even a man now. He's just a boy out there taking care of sheep. He has a heart for me. Uh, and because he has a heart for me, he'll be my next king. So he let Saul live. And, some, and he, he reigned for 40 years. Sometimes God just lets you live and live in your miserable junk, you know. He let him live for, I mean, he let him reign 40 years as king of Israel, but God was through him. He said, I gotta, I'm going to prepare a young man. And, and David became king of Israel. A lover. Can somebody say a lover of God? A lover of God. And this man that was a lover of God, he demonstrated in his life, not only when he was a shepherd boy, but even after he became king, he never forgot. He made some, uh, made some mistakes, but, you know, he loved God. There was nobody in the world uh, during David's time that loved God more than David. The Bible says that he loved God. He loved him. He loved him. And then well, right before he died, guess what he was doing? He was preparing for the temple. He was getting ready for the temple. And the Bible says that he gave of his own treasure, man, millions and probably billions of dollars for the temple. And he gathered things because he loved God. King Solomon, look at 1 Kings 3.3. 3. Uh, in the beginning, when he started, he really, he had, uh, he had what, it, uh, what it was required to become a great king. And he became a great, great king. And first kings, the Bible says that uh, uh, this man, uh, 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 Solomon, he, he loved God. That's what verse 3 says. First kings 3.3 3 says, and Solomon did what? And he loved God, right? And then if, when we go to chapter 4, uh, uh, verse 29, and, uh, he says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceedingly much and great and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom, that's 429 and 30, And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. And he was the wiser of all men. And, and then he goes on in verse 33, and he wrote Proverbs and uh, songs, and he spoke of trees, wisdom. And then he was so rich in his time that uh, silver was considered like uh, rocks. There was so much wealth because this man loved God until, you know, he got away from God and then he lost everything. Women were his problem. And, and that was his downfall. A man that loved God, he was doing great until he got, uh, got alienated. And the women took him away from God. And then he was... Uh, he ended up in the shrines of little little idols at the end of his life. They were just worshiping little idols of his wives. Man, that was terrible. So um, love makes everything work in our life. Love for God. Somebody say love makes everything work in our life for God. Look what Galatians 5, 6, 6 says at the last part of that verse says, Faith worketh by love. When you love God... All the things work for your life. Can you say amen? In other words, without love, prayer is a waste of time. Mm -hmm. No one will go any higher than the level of his love. It takes faith to have dominion in this life, but faith requires love. Does everybody say, can say amen? And love is not a gift. Love for God is not a gift. 
It's your choice. It's a choice that you make. It's not going to fall on you. You say, well, somebody make me. Nobody's going to make you. So, uh, you've got to love God. Can you say amen? Now, real quickly, so I can sum, or, uh, give a summary of all this. When you love God, it's going to show in your life. Right? It will show. So, no, I'm a secret agent. Oh, yeah? No, you're not. You cannot love God without showing it. You cannot. Number one, if you love God, you will adopt a God-first lifestyle if you love God. That's right. In other words, he will be above all. I say above all. Above everything. And above everybody, if you love God. Listen, there's not a woman in the world that I love more than uh, uh, Pastor Barbara. But we had an agreement from the very beginning that God was going to be number one. And I love her, but I love God more. And she loved me, but she loved God more. You can tell, man. Wow. She says, no, this is not God, or this is what we're going to do. Okay, praise God. All right. That's it. But you see, people, people love all kinds of things. I love my kids more. Well, you ain't going to have no kids. And you say, well, I love my wife more than I love uh, I don't I haven't ever seen God. Well, you won't be married very long, or you'll have a, mer- a miserable marriage if you don't love God. You've got to love God above everything, right? Seek ye first. Somebody say, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, if you want your life to function, you've got to adopt a God-first lifestyle. Can you say amen? Number two, we've covered this. If you love God, you're going to love his word. Right? You're going to love his word. And that's in Psalm, uh, did you get that number two there? Number two? Number two, if you love God, you will love his word. Put that up there, please. I wanted to register in the hearts of people. There you go. Got stuck in Matthew 6.33. Okay. Okay, but if you love God, you will love his word. Psalms 119. Oh, uh, it was luck, Pastor, that uh, uh, David became what he became. And he still remember today after thousands of years. One of the most important men in the history of Israel. Look what he said in Psalms 119, verse 46. As a matter of fact, all of Psalms 119 uh, depicts David's love for God. He said, I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. Praise God. Somebody say amen. And then 97. Let's go to 97. 97. 97. He says, um, here we go. He says, oh, oh, how I love your, your law. For it is my meditation all day long. Can you say amen? So if you love God, guess what? It's going to show in your life. You're going to love. You're going to love his word. You're going to love this book. And number three, if you love God, you will love his house. Right? What did he say in Psalms 122 verse 1? He said, I was glad when they said unto me, we will go into the house. Uh, we'll go into the house of our Lord. 
you'll love his house. He said, what, Wednesday? Man, I can't wait. Sunday, I can't wait. Get ready. Let's go to the house of God. I love the house of God. Can you say amen? You see, if you love God, you're going to love his house. Uh, remember what Hebrews 10.25 says? He said, not forsaking the assembling together. Some people say, I have church at home. Shut up, right? You're not going to have church at home. That's not true. That's a lie. You're not. Before long, you're, your mind's wandering to some old weird stuff, right? Or you're doing weird things. No, if you love God, you're going to love his, his house. Somebody say amen. Now, here it is. I just covered uh, verse 46, but we'll put it up there again. Psalms 119. If you love God, you will not be ashamed of him publicly. Right? You're not going to go to a restroom and, and just rub your eyes when you got to pray. Or if somebody says, are you a Christian? He said, uh, well, uh, I don't, uh, don't want to say I'm a Christian. It might lose a business deal here. Who cares? God will give you 10 business deals, 100 business deals, right? Don't worry about that guy. He said, if you're a Christian, I'm not going to do business. Well, that's okay. Get out of here. But I'm going I'm to have all kind of business. My business is going to glorify God. Can you say amen? You see, if, you, if you're not ashamed, you will not be ashamed of him publicly if you love God. Psalms 119, verse 46, he says, uh, he said, I will speak of your testimony also before kings and not be ashamed. That's David. He said, when kings would come up, he said, hey, who do you serve? He said, I, I serve Jehovah God. We don't serve idols here. Y'all serve Molech, this God, this God, this other God, little statues here. He said, not me. I worship the living God. And I'm going to serve him, and I'm going to live for him. He's the living God. And he's the one that has made me who I am and has given me all this. I'm going to serve him, and I'm not ashamed of him. And then number, number five, number five, uh, if you love God, you will live a sanctified life. Number five. You will live a sanctified life. Somebody say, I'm going to live a holy life. You see, I'm not talking about righteousness. We are the righteousness of God. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the righteous live holy. Right? You see, I can't get rid of this cigarette. Really? Come talk to me. Well, you can get rid of that. Uh, you can get rid of liquor. I can't get rid of pornography. You can get rid of that if you love God. If your love grows, you'll give away all that junk. You'll live a sanctified life. And the Bible says this in Ephesians 5.30. He says, uh, uh, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Is that 5 or 4.30? I'm sorry. Ephesians 4.30. Let's go to Ephesians 4.30. He says, and grieve not. If you really love your wife, are you going to grieve her? No. Grieve means you're going to make her sad. No, you're not going to grieve her or upset her if you love her. If you really love your wife like Christ loved the church, not your love that you made up, but uh, you, if you love Christ like love God, Christ, that Christ loved, as Christ loved the church. See, these are simple but powerful solutions to our life. See, you see, grieve not the Spirit of God. 
If you love God, you will live a sanctified life. You see all these things and much more. It's going to show in your life if you love God. You're not going to say, I love God. Yeah, you do. Okay, let's see. Let's see it. But you can see people from afar off. You know whether they love God or not. Right? But let me say this. When you love God, you begin to live a failure-proof life. And that's the last point that I have this, this, uh, this morning. You'll begin to live a failure-proof. I'm not saying that you're not going to be problem-free. I thank God for problems because every problem takes me to the next level. Right? Come on, lift your hand and say, it's taking me to the next level. See, if it doesn't hurt you a little bit, you're not going to, uh, you know, in training, uh, you're not going to go to the next muscle buildup, right? Say, I don't want no problem. Well, go to heaven. You don't have problems there. <laughs> but in this life, you're going to have problems. But this is something quite different. Love is a failure-proof life. Did you get that? It's failure-proof because that's our birthright that we're going to have success. Come on, lift your hand and say, I'm going to have success in my life. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I'm going to have success in my life. Raise your hand. Everybody lift, raise your hand and say, I'm going to have success in my life. Yes, it's your birthright. You have to. If you'll do these things and love God, you see, it's so simple. But you've got to fall in love with God. You've got to fall in love with God. And then everything is going to fall in place. Your problem, my problem, everybody's problem uh, or my past is that we didn't love God like we should have. Can you say amen? I didn't know what it was until God started speaking to me, giving me revelation when I first came in the ministry. Then my life started changing. Had somebody instructed me uh, and said, this is what you have to do. You have to love God. You have to love God. You have to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Listen, uh, that would have been great when I went to Vietnam. When I was in the army, that would have helped me a great deal. Right? Praise God. But thank God that he helped me anyway. Even in my ignorance. But listen to what Paul says. And this is powerful. 1 Corinthians 13.8. He says. 1 Corinthians 13.8. And we'll change that. Put it in your new King James please. Uh, charity. Probably means very little for you. But he says love. Never. When? Love never, somebody say love never fails. Love never fails. When you love God, God will not let you fail. If you love him, he will not permit that. You remember David? It was a, he was the battle king. He was a giant killer. In all his life, he was killing giants. Even in his old age, man, he was fighting a giant. The guy said, hey, David, you already did your, your, your life already. Get back over here. We, you're worth 10,000 of us. That's, that's how much worth a man is when you love God. The people recognize it. You're worth 10,000 men. We don't need you up here in the front. Just direct us from back here. But, you know, David never lost. He, he was a war king, but never lost one battle. You know why? 
God's not going to let you fail if you love him. But God knows if you love him. Quit making excuses. Oh, well, I got this. I got, you know. God doesn't look on the outside what you say. He looks at your heart. That's why God looked at Saul. He was doing right things, but they were the wrong things, right? He said, I gave you a sacrifice. He said, that's not what I told you to do. Make a sacrifice here. Uh, 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 I have another man to take your place. And no one's indispensable. And Jesus showed that when he said, come and follow me. And somebody said, no, I can't. He said, next. <laughs> and God has 100 people to take your place. You don't want to glorify God? You don't want to serve him? You have all these excuses? Don't worry. God has another man. Already people lined up to take your place. Hundreds of people. Because God's not going to be, he is a success God. Can you say amen? And he's going to have a people. So your life, your turnaround in your life is just that simple. You've got to grow in your love for God. And then you'll have revelation. And if you don't love God, this book is Greek. I'm telling you. It's like reading a Greek Bible. Say, what in the world, man? I don't get nothing out of this. You're not. Because God only shows it. The secret things belong unto those that love God. You'll never see it. And you'll go and say, I got a degree. Yeah, go ahead and get three or four. But it's not going to help you. You're the same old person. It's revelation that transforms you. Revelation that takes you to the next level. And then you start working smarter, not harder. I need a house. I can't get a house. My credit, this. Hey, love God. God will do it like this. Can you say amen? That's it. And, and don't tell your wife because if you love somebody, you're going to give. I told this to our men. I said, when you love your wife, you're going to, if you really love her, like Christ loved the church, if she has a desire, you're going to give it to her. You're not going to say, well, money don't grow on trees, you know. <laughs> and your wife there looking to you, you know. She, we don't have money. But if you love your wife, I remember uh, Pastor Barr, she said, uh, you know, everything. She said, I want a dream house. I said, okay, we're gonna, we'll get that. Uh, we'll get that. So I want, I want to see it here. Uh, and the, okay, in the refrigerator, okay, I, I got it. Here it is. Do you like that one? Yes, okay. Uh, and then, do you want it? Okay. And then things like, see, I want a, a table. I'll give you a table. I want new clothes. Order them. You know, order them. That's it. I want new shoes. Get them. And if, if at that moment I couldn't get something, I just said, don't worry, honey, it's coming. <laughs> you understand? In her last weeks of life, she said, I want a table outside. Hmm, okay. Uh, here I am at nighttime. Man, I usually don't do those things. <laughs> putting, the, putting a table together and chairs to about 12 o'clock at night, you know. Just screwdriver. And zzz, 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 zzz. I should have called Tony or somebody, you know. <laughs> Lord, tell me, what are you doing this? You call somebody to help you do this. But I did it. And then I carried that big old table and everything outside, you know. Late at night, and all those chairs are heavy. And then uh, she said, I want benches in the front. I said, well, okay, I'll order benches. 
Order benches. Put benches out there. See, if you love somebody, you're going to do everything for them. Can you say amen? So if you don't love God, it's not going to show in your, it will show in your, if you love God, it'll show. If you don't, it's going to show too. And then you'll always wonder, say, it don't work out, it don't work. Well, it's not. Because God's looking for lovers. Can you say amen? God, he, uh, he looks throughout the whole earth. What is that? Second Chronicles 16, 9. That's one of my favorites in Spanish. Porque los ojos de Jehová contemplan toda la tierra. Para... Para mostrar su poder. Let's go to Second Chronicles 16.9. I'm through with this. Look what God does. For the eyes of the Lord run to and what? Throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So God looks through the whole earth and then he'll jump a million people to get to you. He will. He'll jump over a billion people. He jumped over thousands of people to get to David. He'll jump over you and get somebody else if you don't love God. You got to love him. And we're going to have a move of God here. I'm telling you. Amen. Because we're going to love God. Years ago, I didn't understand this. This is the first time I'm teaching on loving God in 44, 45 years of ministry. But I'm telling you, it is the most powerful thing. And we're going to have a church. But years ago, I'd say, God, we need a church that will love you. But I didn't know. I didn't get the revelation on that. But here we go.